0: Welcome to the Oxygen Addict podcast, we're brought to you every week by our sponsors PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com. You can personalize your fueling and hydration strategy so you can perform at your best with 15% off your first order with the code OA twenty three at PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Coach Rob Wilby, and every week I bring you an episode of this podcast to help motivate and inspire you. This week we've got an interview with young British professional Dan Dixon. A lot of you' all remember Dan. He was tearing up the front of the pack at the Commonwealth Games on the swim this year. He was a last minute call up he's been doing great things in super League triathlon and um, I've known Dan for a few years. I met him at Super League Malta years ago when he won the junior race there and he's a really lovely lad and he's developing into being one of the most promising um young Professional triathletes that the country's produced. I think you'll hear from the interview. He's very much looking to race and take down Alex Yee this year. So I thought it'd be a great chance to get him on and hear all about how his first full year as a professional went, hear about the Commonwealth Games and hear about his plans for this year and hopefully qualifying for Paris in 2024. Now, before we go any further, if you could do us a really big favor, whichever app you're currently listening on, if whatever podcast player you're in, they've got something that allows you to uh, subscribe and like the show. If you could do that for me, that would be a massive help because it really helps the show show up in the search engines and the algorithms that these things use and that in help helps grow the show and that means we get to get bigger name triathletes come on and give interviews for you so that's awesome also we're now on YouTube so if you're on YouTube and you're watching listening at the moment if you could click like and subscribe for us again that just helps us show up in the search engine and helps us grow the show that'd be really awesome now before we go into our interview with Dan I want to give a shout out to our sponsors PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com please go to their website, use their free fuel and hydration planning tool because it'll give you a strategy for how you can plan your hydration, your fueling and your electrolytes so that you can get the best results in the next race that you're taking part in. They've got a free one-to-one video consultation available with the PFNH's athlete support team. So basically you get to chat to someone for 20 minutes and get a personalized strategy for both electrolytes and for carbohydrates, and for fluid, for whatever events and whatever weather conditions you're taking part in. And especially if you're racing in hot weather and or long distance, this is as important to your race result, I believe, as having the right running shoes that fit correctly or having the right bike. You cannot perform in the heat and you cannot perform at long distance without having the electrolyte and fluid balance sorted. So go over to precisionfuelandhydration.com you can book a call with them and there's a link in the show notes for that so you don't even need to remember it but i love the company i love the products they're a wonderful bunch of human beings and they make a fantastic product that solve really big problems that we endurance athletes face great stuff right over to our interview of the week with dan dixon Very pleased to welcome back onto the show Dan Dixon, joining us all the way from Tucson, Arizona. Is that correct this morning?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. Straight out of bed and uh, yeah, from sunny Arizona.
0: Love it. It's, uh, it's nice to get a chance to see the sun in the background when you showed me there, mate. It looks like you've got a nice little training environment. And that's a good place to kick off the interview, really, because I think a lot of people are quite surprised to see that you've managed to make such a big jump and get yourself over to America and get involved with coach Ryan Bolton and what sounds like a very you know a very professional setup over there so let's start by talking about that then yeah, um, yeah tell us about the situation out in Arizona
1: yeah uh it's pretty good and it's and it's evolved quite a bit from last year as well um which is really cool to see um obviously I've been this is my third season working with Ryan, uh which is awesome and things are just keeping on getting better and better and and progressing really well which is awesome um and so yeah last year I came out to to Tucson and we were only here initially for two weeks and then after I did the the podcast review in uh Cotera I decided I was just going to go back for a month just out out of the blue basically um so yeah I spent I spent a considerable amount of weeks here last year with uh traveling with super league as well at the back end of the season i kind of stayed here a little bit in between um yeah it's it's a great little group and and this year like i say it's evolved so we've got you know we've got guys like morgan pearson to train with now which i mean it's fantastic as a 20 year old you've got you know an olympic medalist a guy can run 61 40 for half marathon which i've experienced the the speed of that in training and but yeah we've got a few few itu guys um and yeah it's just starting to to form a little bit more of a group and it's been fantastic like training together um and yeah good place to do it as well with good weather and yeah facilities are decent as well so
0: yeah have you felt that it's brought you along training with athletes like morgan and i know you did some training with sam long as well so it's it's a big step from Moving out from the northeast of England and being the yeah. you know the biggest fish in a small pond to training with Olympic medalists, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially where my village is, it's uh yeah, there ain't many elite athletes around. So it's that's one of the harder things at home, but I always make it work. But yeah, I think last year's experiences with Sam were fantastic. I spent a lot of time training with Sam. Um and just the learning you get from from someone of his caliber and no matter you know like I said to you whether the long course or short course there's plenty that you can uh can take from them and yeah Morgan people like Morgan know different you know um and you know some of the other guys in the group as well are slightly older than you know than what I am and again they've been through subtle well they've been through more experiences than uh certainly than what I'm We've gone through already at the minute which is great and you can all bounce off each other but yeah i mean there is something different about the very very top end like the way that they you know hold themselves around others the way that they like focus on training the way that they it's just i think it's just the general way that they orientate themselves around day-to-day training and uh yeah hopefully when morgan's back from uh was it uh Abu Dhabi, then we would spend more time training together. But yeah, I mean, it's fantastic to to basically see how those guys are like living and training effectively. So yeah, I've been very fortunate I can see that when I was what, 19 last year, 20 this year, just be surrounded by some top guys and it, and like you say, to go from doing it my own way, where I basically came from a tiny little village in Northumberland and having, you know, only who I could find around me and it's fantastic at home, like I say. Um but to come out here and manage to start to train world class athletes in different fields is awesome. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat.
0: What's the big dream for you in the future? If we if we fast forward, I don't know, four years, eight years, something like that. Where do you see yeah. yourself ideally getting to?
1: I mean, I would say since I really heavily focused on triathlon which was in 2014 um yeah i mean the the main thing has always really been the olympics and and winning so that's the that always has been the big one um i think obviously a world a world title stuff like that is equally huge and and haven't been a part of commonwealth games and experience in that um, I feel like that again is, has always been a huge motivator. So to be, to play a part in that, like at a, you know, at the level that I did in, in Commonwealth Games, I think that'll suit me well for the next one for sure. You can kind of see how those, you know, first Olympic experiences can work well for an athlete. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Olympics is hard not to, to want to go to it. Um, So yeah, I mean, 2024 is still very open for British guys. the third spot is still basically hanging around. We don't have one at the minute. So it's kind of who's going to qualify in that third spot at the minute is a is a big thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of chase in the sport. And as I said to you last time, I'm pretty ambitious, as you know, and I've already tried uh, the half Ironman. And yeah, I mean, after 2024, I certainly will get in the mix with, um, yeah, a bit of PTO. And probably a bit of half Ironman. I'll leave the Ironman for a little bit, but again, the Ironman is something that I want to do as well. So I kind of want to go go around and do it all, um, which will be will be awesome. But yeah, focus on the short course for now.
0: Well, that's a nice a nice segue to talk about the Commonwealth Games because uh, obviously Johnny Brownlee unfortunately was was injured last minute, and yeah. I was very sad to see that, as I'm sure a lot of people were. But when they announced you as the replacement. Yeah. I was so delighted for you to see you get the chance. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the background of that. How long how long before the event did you get to find out you're actually going to take part in the Commonwealth Games?
1: Uh for, it wasn't long, maybe two weeks. So it was really close three. to
0: the event, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So I so the selection process got taken place like a long time before. So like the last round of selections. Um and I sadly didn't make the cut, which At the time i definitely was not happy about because i felt that i should have made it um but i got told that i would i'd be placed in first reserve because there's a first and a second reserve um but that information is not public either as to who reserves us (laughs) i just kind of sat there pretty quiet about the whole thing um and yeah things kind of progressed obviously johnny crashed and that was like well and but the thing is the progress that he kept making post crash uh was phenomenal. And the, the team at Team England were pretty good at uh yeah, like basically informing me of how he was, all this. And generally everything that Johnny was, you know, promoting on social media that he was if things were going in the right direction. That's also what I was hearing. Um so I, I genuinely thought, right, I'm going like Pontevedra World Cup, like start my Olympic kind of qualification, uh, kind of hopes. And yeah, that was hit the plan. So that was a week before Commonwealth Games. And then like, yeah, probably two weeks before I got the call to say like, basically he'd had some more issues and like it didn't go the way that he had wanted. And like, I was then selected. So it was a bit, it was from that moment, it was just crazy. I mean, like, obviously there's, you know, paperwork and stuff like that you have to fill out, but it's like, just the sheer amount of stuff that came within a few days, like the media, the kitting out, the like all this stuff that you had to do, like the TV people coming in the home and all this. I think it made made a bigger deal out of it because it was Johnny who I was replacing, uh, and obviously I was so young. So yeah, it, it was a lot going on, and obviously shifting focus from pulling out of Ponavedra and basically going another week on the on the block I was on towards not an Olympic but a sprint and a and a major game. So yeah I think it was it was pretty special that little period. It was so flipping busy. It was absolutely mind blowing And obviously you go to the village like not the village but we, well there is a village but we stayed outside of it but we went to our accommodation like a week before. So like within a week of being told I'd like everything happened within that week. And then before I knew it, I'm in the like, I'm in the like, you know, Team England accommodation, like starting to prepare for a Commonwealth Games. So it was very like, it was very thrust forward, but it was really cool and a nice experience to have. Uh, Although next time, I think I'd rather get selected a little bit earlier to have a bit more preparation.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you didn't really have time for your uh, your feet to hit the ground before you, you actually had to turn up and race. Yeah,
1: it was a big high, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, talk us through the race fun. itself then, because I managed to get down to Birmingham and see some of the games, and it, I was yeah. blown away that I was at university at Birmingham, so the whole yeah. thing took place around where I was there. So I was blown away by, firstly, how big the crowds were. And for mm-hmm. the triathlon, the streets were totally lined the whole way round, weren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, we went out on the course recce days, and it was already pretty special and I was like mm-hmm. wow this is this is cool and on race day man I mean that was that was definitely mad I mean like people asked me like at the end of last season like what was like some of the best memories I mean like, I know this sidetracked slightly from the race but it's kind of part of it it's like the walkout at Commonwealth Games like I don't know if you were in that venue um but that was probably one of the most special moments like I would say I've had in my career like I mean obviously it's just before the race starts and I mean there's only three of us that are British but just the difference in noise for me Sam and Alex being the English guys versus like everyone else was mind-blowing and I mean there's thousands and thousands there so I mean getting that and you know obviously family are in the stands and everything and it's just like a parade of people as you run down to the pontoon like that was that was absolutely just unbelievable I mean there's not many things can prepare you for that sort of feeling I can I can only imagine what it must have been like for for Alison and Johnny in London that sort of feeling I mean the pressure definitely amps up a bit but I definitely just took it in it was one of those kind of 20 seconds where you're just like you know wow like this is kind of all for me and yeah this is <laughs> pretty special. But yeah, the the race got the race got underway pretty good. Like we didn't have any issues like in Tokyo with boats in front and all of that stuff. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. And uh yeah, so I was stood pretty close to Alex and Sam. Like I was right next to Alex um on the pontoon, which is kind of what we discussed. Sam was like as close as he could be. Um, so yeah, we were all right down the left hand of the sand of the pontoon it was very interesting because we decided the left was like optimal and also that that would be the inside line come the boy the first boy and when we started walking on the pontoon everyone started the best guys started going on the right far right like which was so far from what we thought would actually happen so like the the best case was that one of us could stand next to Alex and we basically nearly got two of us next to Alex um so it was very odd because then i looked and i was like i definitely felt like the strongest swimmer on like the whole left side of the pontoon which is what happened um and yeah it created an interesting dynamic because as you know the race got underway and it basically spearheaded into two and i'm on the left and then you got like matt hauser on the right so we were just like closing in on the first boy together um Alex sadly just missed the feet, but he kind of, he was within that train um, with Sam. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that swim, definitely one of the fastest swims I've ever done. Like it was really on. And I think I would hope to think that it was an honest course as well. But yeah, we were swimming like 67s or something. Obviously we're in a wetsuit, but like 67s for at the front, you know for 750 meters is pretty freaking quick like so yeah it was good and I could tell the pace was was on and I was yeah I was towards the front and you kind of hoping that uh the other two were kind of were in the mix and not falling too far back but yeah generally I just sat in towards the front four uh and got stuck in and I mean it's a pretty cool feeling to be at the front kind of spearheading a, <laughs> A race like that, especially being so young, it was just awesome experience. And getting out of the water first as well. I mean, same feeling as uh as the walk on, you know, like coming out first English guy in about fourth, like that was awesome, like running into the bikes and stuff. And the amount of support you got was just mega. Um, I think you could definitely hear when Alex was coming because the cheers were (laughs) even louder. But um, yeah, the uh Basically there, I mean, the the little break got away. Um, I definitely wouldn't have been allowed to get in the break anyway. Um, so we waited for like basically the main pack established. Um, and then therefore it was basically just a chase because similar to the confusion of what happened on the pontoon, that was a little bit of a surprise for us. Um, the other big surprise was the fact that Hayden was up the road um, which was not good uh so basically the the chase pack had to work exceptionally hard um I Sam did a fantastic job uh of kind of taking the bike after it I'd taken a pretty good chunk of the swim um and yeah I mean we did really well wanting to get caught that's for sure so it was pretty good and I think as well like that that course, worked well for a small pack but Mm. in the group it was so sketchy like you know the corners some of the corners I mean like you're touching wheels and stuff it was really really tight and it was looking back it makes me smile but I'm like in the moment you're in a major games and you're touching wheels and stuff and you're like this is not you know I'd rather be a bit cleaner um and yeah I mean it was all just part of it but that little segment going in like dead turning in front of all the crowd again i mean absolutely awesome but like you see the streets just lined man absolutely lined and yeah i mean coming in on the last lap we i mean, think mitigated the gap to the to the break reasonably well which was good um and yeah i mean going on to the run you kind of thought surely it can't get any better than the than the bike and i mean the run was mad i mean that first section you're obviously running out of transition it goes quiet for like a couple hundred meters and then you start the downhill section which is exactly the same as the as the road wheel is uh the english road wheel is and man like that downhill section and the uphill just like thousands and thousands of people again and yeah just really really unique and i think i started taking it all in i had a much better run than i did bike um but yeah, I was pretty pleased. I mean, I was fighting for top ten most of the way, which I was pretty happy with in the grand scheme of things. Um and yeah, I mean to finish I was twelfth in the end, like to finish twelfth, I mean, you know, again, similar feeling. You're coming in, your family in the stands, you know, the team's done fantastic. Like it was just it was just such a good day. And I think the weather played a played a nice part of that day as well for the opening of the games. And yeah, I mean you know, the race was, the race was absolutely fantastic. And I think what's interesting is like, just like people around the race as well were so good as well. So it was just this double whammy of like such a fun race, so good. But you had so much spectating going on. You had family, you had, it was just like unbelievable, you know? And I think as well as that amplified effect of the fact that it's first one of the games and you obviously got family and friends and stuff who watch because As you know, like triathlons, it's definitely a growing sport, but it's still relatively small in comparison to some sports. But the fact that it was like first event of the Games, like everyone knows what Commonwealth Games are. So like they'll tune in and watch first event of the Games and people really, you could see they were getting behind you at home, you know, I think for all three of us um, racing. So, yeah, I mean, the experience was so cool. I mean, it's probably the first time I've gone through it like that for a while. But yeah, I mean it's hard to include everything without taking you on a our long hour long chat, <laughs> but it it was it was really special. It was really, really special to be a part of. Um and like you say, I mean, I was equally excited to get the opportunity. Um yeah, it was it was cool. Definitely cool.
0: So here's so- a here's a potentially difficult question for you. Obviously Alex ye amazing athlete. Mm. teammate of yours at the commonwealth games yeah you have to beat him one day if you're going to get the top step on the olympics there's no way around it is that he's he's a good friend and he's also now a super competitor as well yeah yeah so talk me through what goes through your head then i know you're still very young but obviously you're extremely keen to get the big wins Mm. What what are the tactics going through your head, looking to 2024 and thinking, I mean, how would it work? Would you have to be Alex's teammate? Would there be team orders? Would you be free reign to race? Yeah,
1: well, the, the whole team orders thing is an interesting one. Uh,
0: yeah, I how's mean, that
1: work? I, I mean, I was technically under team orders in Commonwealth Games. Um, so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Team orders for me are a difficult one. Like I've spoken to people about it, and like my view on it is is more of the, you know, as Tim Don said, like sort of an, an old school view, which I don't really think it is. It's just my own view, but like I honestly think at a major games, like you got three people, they're the best three, like the busted. they are asked to qualify, like they go race, and that's my like absolute stance on it, and more so amplified by the fact that you've got a relay so mm. you're very much a team in that relay i mean there's again there's nothing stopping you working together in the race as well but i think it's really sad taking a domestique um, effectively work for someone at the biggest event of their entire career Um it's hard it's- isn't it right
0: because on the yeah. one hand Triathlon's not a team sport. It never has been. You don't grow up thinking, I hope to be in a great triathlon team. You grow up dreaming of getting the Olympic gold medal. But then I guess the other side of it is the funding comes with the medal and so the governing body are looking to win a medal that yeah. brings the funding and pays for everybody else. So this is difficult exactly. juggling act, isn't there?
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. And obviously, so like, as I got older and I've been a little bit more within the system, I understand how... I understand the need and the the why to to the domestique from their point of view. Um, so yeah, I mean, I obviously I get that part, but for me, I think that again, like when it comes down to the women, the women are basically just free game and they're allowed to race. I mean, there is very much a scenario you get three men in in Britain qualifying; they all race for themselves. Brit, like British triathlon wanting you to be a genuine medal contender, which is absolutely fair because, mm. uh, I mean, we're one of the best nations in the world. We are one of the most professional organizing government bodies. I mean, British triathlon are absolutely fantastic. And, like, we need medals and we want medals. So, therefore, like, you need as many guys or girls in the teams vying for medal positions because, effectively, what you were saying before – is like, you know, medals are basically the currency of the sport mm. and at the Olympics, you need medals. So yeah, I understand the importance, but it's one of those things where like, I definitely hope in the future that I'm, I'm good enough and i have in the position to be, to be racing on my own. Uh, and I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty clear cut in terms of like what you have to do to build a race on your own. And I think that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely worthwhile having those experiences though, because ultimately I look at what I did in come off games. Like I still got to be a part of like everything. You're not Mm. disadvantaged by being in that position. And so like now I've experienced everything that a whole major games athlete for for, uh, what a major games athlete goes through. Um, And I mean, I honestly think in the start line of a Commonwealth Games in, what, 2026, I'd be significantly more, like, you know, familiar and understanding of, like, what I'm in for here, like, what the goals are, like, this is what it's like. Um, And so you can see that value, like I said earlier, about being able to experience those games. So if it is a case that I could qualify in 2024 and that is in a domestic role, then obviously... Personally, I don't like that, but from a developmental point of view, and obviously for the kind of good per se of British triathlon, it does a lot of good uh, for both parties. So you can see how there's benefits to both sides. But I'm not. I won't sit here and say that I'm like fully in agreement of the domestic policy because because you want to race. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's all it is, right? It's like you're a racer. You've qualified to an Olympic Games. You just want to race. I think it's yeah. pretty. that's pretty clear from my point of view. Um,
0: but Did yeah, you have I, any sort of team orders at the Commonwealth this year? Was it your job to kind of not shepherd the swim exactly, but to go out hard and try and get in amongst the mix and give the boys behind a bit of an easier swim?
1: Yeah, I mean, effectively, I think, I mean, I was in very good swim form. Uh, there was definitely more talk about how we would use the bike um to basically mitigate any attacks and probably bring back a break like we said the the scenario that Hayden was up the road was definitely not in the in the book of tricks that were coming out so obviously there's a lot of discussion pre-event and that was obviously a surprise I would say to probably everyone and everyone watching but you know he did fantastic on the day I think from my point of view I was like I felt I could probably give the best value in the swim in terms of like, you know, dragging along, especially in this scenario that happened, you had two two spearheads. So like I was then leading one spearhead. So I was in the front of the train trying to swim next to the train that had Hayden and that had Matt Hauser and that had all these top guys. And so like, I think that probably played a lot of value because if we were much slower, we would have got, probably mid pack around the first boy. Um so I think in the end I managed to play quite a good value there. But it's it's tricky in the swim because it's like you can't just be like, oh just latch on and you're talking to each other and like I'll oh, just stay on or whatever. Like you've just got to know to get on those feet. And I think Alex and Sam were pretty good at at doing that. Um and like I say on the bike, I I definitely like I I mean that me and Sam were there basically just to like try and Raz the bike as hard as possible. Like just go for it. Like I say, I mean, I did not have the legs at all on the on the bike. I don't know if that's because I just needed to recover after the swim. The swim was really on and I was probably kicking a bit much than I needed to, especially to that first boy. It was very, very quick. Um, but yeah, effectively the team orders were were to like yeah, domestic Alex, pull hard on the bike and make it hard. But I mean. Alex is pretty phenomenal in the fact that like he's not he's not wanting to just sit in the pack and do nothing. Like he wants to also work. So it's not a case of like we were there to like just send it on the front. You know, he's he is very much akin to a Johnny or an Alistair, where like, you know, even when they had domestics, they also pulled just as hard, if not harder. So yeah, I think it kind of you you've got to work as a team still like it's not like a domestique's just going to be like absolutely unbelievable like a Filippo Ganna and just sit on the front and pull it back a break still takes teamwork so it worked really really well and like I say I mean Sam did a absolutely phenomenal job on the bike he was he was exceptional um I mean I'm hoping I could do at least a good enough job on the swim but um ultimately it worked it worked well in the end You know. but like I say, yeah, we were we were under, both of us were there to domestique. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, like I say, it came as a bit of a shock to me, but it was, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is and still got to race a Commonwealth Games, which I think in hindsight was the, was the cool thing for me.
0: Well, a little bit of a segue here, but going from one kind of team racing to another, the Super League action that you've had, over the last couple of years feels like it has been another view. It's been another gateway into sort of pro high-level ITU racing. The fact it's got you out there racing the very, very biggest names. And it's obvious the way you talk, you're not psyched out by racing Hayden Wild or, you know, any of the big names (laughs) you used to race in those big names. How much for, how much for help do you think it's been for you racing the super league series? Yeah,
1: I mean, there's the Super League series. Now, obviously, so I raced a little bit of arena games. I raced a little bit last year. Obviously, I just raced at the weekend as well. But um, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing about racing big names and then racing Super League. I mean, I think what was good is that I got to race some pretty big names. Certainly, prior to Super League, I, I raced some pretty good guys. And I think I tried to to my friend who uh, Jack, who was racing at the weekend. You can. Third in the arena games, he me and him had this discussion, and basically, like it was it's not that imposter syndrome, but it's that like when I first started racing last year, I got thrust forward at a pretty quick rate to like just bigger and bigger and bigger opportunities. And obviously with that come bigger names. And I think early on I was very much like, wow, this is like, you know, this is crazy racing against, you know, be it Alex or Hayden for the first time. Um but the odd thing is I never got the chance to like really like keep, you could not really be like a fan anymore. Like suddenly you are very much a competitor or even a friend or whatever. But like you you're very much competing against them. And it was very odd that transition of like there was no more being like the kind of fan. Like I definitely still, you know, it's inspiring what some of these top guys do. But suddenly you have to race them. So obviously you look at them. In a different way. And there was definitely like an adjustment period there earlier in the season. But racing Super League was really good because there was plenty of names. But once you got a couple races in, then you get very familiar with it. And I think everyone always tells you this. And until you're actually in it, you you don't kind of click with it until you're kind of in it. I would say is that like, you know, everyone's like human or whatever. Like what you realize is, is like around the races, like the training that you do with them, the, you know going to coffee shops with them all of that like they're just like normal people like you and they're just like having a good time and and doing triathlon it's just like some of them might be exceptionally good at triathlon um but yeah they they're effectively no different to you and they're all living this kind of crazy lifestyle so in yeah in terms of like names and racing the big ones i think it was fantastic to like to basically just teach you to like be surrounded by those top class guys but not not be worried about them uh and i was very much in the mix with them at different races and it was cool to be able to like have those standout performances where i could like be at the pointy end and pushing hard with the top guys and obviously it's pretty motivating especially when you look back at that and you think like yeah that was that was last year like what can i do this year um but yeah i mean super league as a whole uh i mean it's it's very, very different to the ITU. I mean, as you noted earlier, I've obviously written a little bit with try two four seven, and the the professionalism in Super League is absolutely unbelievable. The way that you get track, it doesn't matter whether you kind of come and last in the series or first in the series. It's it really doesn't matter. Like the professionalism is is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's really really cool. Be it like the logistics people the bike mechanics the physios the you know everything is there for you and all you have to do is race and that whole series i think was just so instrumental last year in terms of like from a development point of view for sure because i learned how to like deal with heavy heavy travel maybe i did well i may not learn at the time but i've certainly learned from it um you know dealing with heavy travel like dealing with a big competition you know dealing with ultimately what is like big money for a 20 year old like it's odd having to have that like the money for the first time is actually big and and it's interesting what that can do to like different athletes uh when they first experience it so the whole experience was just unreal uh and i think it's yeah the arena games at the weekend were awesome seems to have stepped up again from from last year in terms of the event. And I have no doubt that the championship series will probably be even better again this year. So they they really are like pioneering the way that the sport goes. I mean, having been a part of plenty of it now, there's there's very few things that they do wrong if if at all, um, which is probably why it makes great racing and great opportunities for for athletes and and great kind of following and spectating for for people around it, you know.
0: As a a young man sort of trying to make a living as a professional, Mm -hmm. I think the big difference between speaking to you now and speaking to you a year ago, there was an air back then almost of, and I don't mean this in in a bad way, but almost like you were like traveling the world for a year. It's a year out and I get to go training and racing in these places. And this is amazing. And now a year later, it feels like the difference that Super League has made is, well this is a really well-paying it's a really well-paying professional job i know from talking with maca who's obviously behind the series that was his exact experience when he was Mm -hmm. 2021 sleeping in his bike bag in an airport because he had nowhere to stay and not having any money to buy food and things like this so yeah 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 it feels like they have changed genuinely the thing that he initially had the vision to want to change which is you guys are the best athletes on the planet. You shouldn't be sleeping in your board bag in the airport. You should be you should be being paid and being in a hotel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot again, you'll probably realize I'm pretty open on on a lot of subjects. And like I'm more than happy talking about like, you know, the financial side of the sport and stuff like that. Cause I've seen from a very young age, like 11, 11 years now, or whatever, like of going through the sport and how it changes. And I mean, yeah, you're right. They're like, last year like mindset was like when we did the podcast even like mindset was very much that i had to make enough money to get through i mean like that camp last year like i mean to give you kind of background of where i was last year like i'd been working like i was a year and a half out of school but i'd been like working i'd been doing a milk round in the winter with my friend's dad like getting up in the morning delivering milk like busy trying to just make a little bit of money um I was very fortunate to get a little bit of grants, but I spent all of that money, and I literally mean all of the money, going to America for like six weeks, banking that basically at the end of the trip when I raced, I would make enough back, which I did. Uh, And that allowed me to then go to the next few races. And then I made enough there and kind of managed to slowly get along until I hit Super League and stuff like that. And it just kind of took off. and again, that that was a massive learning curve. Like going from like, you know, you suddenly you were racing just to try and get through each race, and then suddenly very quickly it was like, like you can just focus on the race because like you're actually making enough to sustain what you're doing. Um, so it's definitely pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, a year on, it's not exactly like I'm bowling, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a better financial situation where like I'm not really going to my parents as much and stuff like that which like as a 20 year old guy to be traveling around the world racing and pretty much self-sustaining it is is really really cool uh and it's getting to the point where I can just about get by which on that lifestyle is is amazing like the step from last year to this year from a professional point of view is huge and I think that as you're pointing out, like, Super League played a massive part in that. Like, absolutely huge. Because, like, obviously there's the money you make from that, but it's then the connections you make, the you know, the fact that, like, other people get interested and all of this. Like, it, it's just like a hub for, like, I think professional development as well, more so for a young guy or a young girl. Because, uh, I mean, the top guys and top girls, they're, like, you know, really racking it in that, you know, everyone's happy, like sponsors, it's like, they're already at the top of the world, but when you're coming in as a 20 year old and you've got like, you know, still just, you know, reasonable results, but only half a season of senior racing to then go in and start to like establish yourself a little bit, have a couple of good results. Like, you know, the, the then financial implication of that is huge. And like you say, like we put in a hell of a lot of work as triathletes. So to be able to kind of just be like rewarded probably even fairly (laughs) you would say for how much you actually put in it's really really cool i mean like it was 10 years of making nothing for me until last year because obviously i was a junior so it was definitely very very unique uh, first year to have all those experiences but what they're doing is absolutely awesome and it's i think it's given people a real like living uh and in the ITU obviously the ITU is uh i think they've increased their prize purse by something like 17.5% for this year which is huge in world series racing and it's going to be distributed lower uh, it's going to be distributed further down uh probably less overall money but generally that's positive for the sport as well and whether or not that's been slightly pushed from Super League in terms of like ooh, you know that's offering these opportunities maybe we need to start because if you're a guy coming, you know or a girl coming top 15 in world series like y- you barely would be making it along if you didn't have many sponsors but if they're paying all the way down to top 30 it means that you've got guys who can then start to tick along at top 30 level and then the guys who are around top 15 can start to like progress a bit more as well and i think the whole thing is fantastic for the sport but super league are, taking it in a different direction uh th- there's nothing quite like it at the minute really other than pto in the long course
0: so what's the rest of the season look like for you as you project forwards and look at what you've got planned i want you to take me to the end of the season and look back and and if everything goes perfectly what will your uh what will your result sheet look like
1: uh pretty good <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah better than last year for sure i mean i think yeah like main main factor this year is just to keep keep establishing myself as you know as a senior um and effectively I think the big one is really starting to get the Olympic points what that look like by the end of the season like it's hard to say exactly how many you're gonna have I don't have a crystal ball but I think if I was in a position to to put my name in the hat for like qualifying for paris that would be fantastic um whether or not that's an immediate like, yeah, it looks like you're going to go or uh, like, you know, you're going to have to keep chasing next year. I don't really think it matters. Um, But if I'm in a better position to put my name in a hat for next year, I think that's a massive, massive goal this year. That's obviously, as you know, it's like there's many races that contribute to that at World Cup and World Series level to gain enough points. So, it's kind of a process throughout the whole season. So that's the real big thing at the end of the year, which would be awesome. So that's more of a process-oriented thing. I mean, Super League, for sure, I have I definitely want to commit to all five races. Uh, as I'm sure you know, the, the Super League series is a little bit in conflict with the back-end ITU races. It's very, very difficult to do the whole series if you're chasing Olympic points. So I'm still going to go and try and commit to all five. Uh, for every reason that, that's that been mentioned on this. Uh, and I mean, the goal's there. I mean, I got a top four. I think getting, you know, getting a podium at the right race is possible, I think, for me uh, on the right day. And if I can get things to kind of, yeah, basically be in the right position. Um, and I would love to finish sort of closer to the top eight in the series as well, which would be a, a good progression from last year. So I think, Overall, there that would be awesome. That the plan really is not to do any championships this year, which is interesting. It's been a while since I've done that. Um, no like U23 stuff because I'm trying to really push with the Olympic points side of things. Um, but I think there's a good chance that I'm going to get into a few World Series. I mean, as I'm sure you know, Sunderland is one of the World Series, albeit the, not the nicest place in the Northeast, but it is in the Northeast and probably going to be the only shot I ever have in my career to have a Northeast World Series. I mean, if you talk about big goals like Sunderland, I knew about Sunderland like last year in January, so I've known about it for a while. And it's one of those things where like I just really want to go there and perform and what that looks like, I mean – you know, ultimately, you know, getting like a top ten in a World Series at my age would be hugely breakthrough, and I think if I was going to do it, then Sunderland would probably be the one where I would want to do it. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see with that one, but it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting question because I think what I realised last year that the sort of level that I've or starting to race at. Um, it's much harder to win. You can't just turn up to Super League or a World Series and just win. And I think what I found interesting last year is the fact that I was quite used to being very successful as a junior. And so I was very outcome-based a lot of the time. And there wasn't really much of a process. I just kind of, you know, I was good enough to probably win a podium most events. So that was the goal. And I think what I've realized now is like my ambition is still there to win the big events and I think I'm getting closer to being in a point where I'm like, I want to start podium and at certain events this year, like Super League, for example. Uh, but like getting a top 10 in a World Series, that would be a massive step forward. And obviously then it gives you something to build on for the following year. So I think at the minute, the goals are are bigger than what they were last year in terms of like progression. Um, but they're they're very like ambitious, but they're like, they're definitely, you know, like I say, they're they're set so that, like, it's something high to achieve. But then the following season, there's something very much there to build on. Um, Because I think at 21, to pull off some of the things that I've just said would be exceptionally good. And so at 22, it gives you something more to build on. But the ambition is still very much there to win. But it's you realise that to win at this level, you can't just decide, I'm going to win and, like everything will go, you know, happy is Larry for you. Like it takes a lot of work, a lot of work. And if you look at Hayden and Alex, they're very, very young, but it still took them till they were, what, 23, 24, till they started winning uh, or even getting close to that. So I think patience is probably one of the most underrated values. And probably it's a good thing that I've realized that young that, you have got to be patient, but it's certainly hard because like, you know, you've mentioned already, like I've always been reasonably successful. And like, I think that motivation to want to win is still very much there. But what's exciting at the minute is the, is the process of trying to become a winner again, but at senior level and not just junior level. So, yeah, climbing closer to that each year is, is exciting, I think, at the minute.
0: Nice. And last question then, I know your dad's a, your dad's a big triathlete as well. Yeah. Um, what was your conversation like with him when you found out you'd been selected for the Commonwealth Games?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty good. I remember, I remember being in the gym when I got told, actually, I was like mid-workout and I just got to take Basically, saying like, it, there wasn't even like a call. It was just like, oh, you've been, and then I got a call afterwards, but yeah, I remember calling him straight away and he was at work and I think he was over the moon. Cause I mean, yeah, like my dad's been, as I said, he's been along on this journey with me the whole the whole way. Like he got me started. Um, and I mean, I think probably I wouldn't be in that position without him, nor my mom, my brother, my family. Um, so I mean, I think for him it was it was pretty special. And obviously, I think what made it more special is the fact that He was the first person that I called when I was in the car, like basically saying like, oh, I haven't been selected. Cause I was in, I was on a long drive somewhere. I can't remember where, when I got told like by the selection committee that I wasn't selected and it's a very long call. And I was very like, like obviously quite down (laughs) and I told him and he was obviously gutted. So to then call him up about six weeks later and tell him the complete opposite. uh, Yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, I think he he obviously knows like he's played such a huge part in that you know um, so it's nice to it's nice to have that and yeah hopefully this year he can get out to watch me at a at a few more events because uh yeah he used to say he was gonna retire and go and watch cricket in the West Indies but uh, he can probably retire and <laughs> come around and watch me race triathlon a bit more now which will be cool so yeah I mean really really grateful though for for my family and uh, the support that they give.
0: He gets to retire and watch you race in Sunderland, which isn't quite the same well, it, yeah, as the West Indies. <laughs> just
1: just down the work, just down the road from where he works. I'm sure he'll he'll love that. You can never get away from the place, so yeah. But no, I mean, hopefully at some point you can get further away from Sunderland and uh, and maybe to one of the nice locations. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty special having climbed that whole journey from when I was, you know, what nine, ten years old and him helping me out and going to warm ups on events and stuff like that. And then to the point where like, you know, he's in the stands watching me warm up for a Commonwealth games. Like it's, it's amazing. And, you know, as I said before, like this year is very much process oriented. and, you know, the whole journey up to this point has been a big process, you know? So it's pretty, it was pretty cool to be fair for, for everyone, I think.
0: Nice. All right. Well, listen, Dan, you've been very generous with your time. I know you've uh, you've got to get kitted out and get off training now. So enjoy yeah, your yeah. day out. Thank you very much for joining us to give us an update no on how things are going. And we, we wish you all the best. Before we go, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, my Instagram's Daniel DanielDixon underscore try. Uh, and I do actually have a YouTube now, but uh, <laughs> it's, daniel dixon it'll just be like daniel dixon pro traffic or something uh on youtube but uh yeah the youtube's definitely something that's developing still but once i'm at home it's easier to do because that's where the guy who works for me is but um yeah anyone can uh can follow along and yeah see what
0: happens this year brilliant listen all the best mate i hope this season goes really really well for you thank you very much Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed that interview. I love Dan. I love his attitude to racing. I love that he doesn't want to go and be a domestique for the rest of his life. He wants to go and he wants to actually challenge for the win. He's got a real racer's heart inside him, and you could tell that watching him at Super League Malta, even as a, as a 17, 18-year-old, whatever he was back then, he just wanted to win. And I think he's getting some really good advice by being told that patience is the most important thing that you can learn as a young pro. You're not going to win all the time, having won all the time as a junior, but learning to learn the sort of the race craft part of it, I think will stand him in really good stead. And after we finished recording, I was having a joke with Dan there and saying, you know, when you when you win the Olympic medal, you have to you have to agree to come back on now. I'll get you now while you're still while you're still young. And he said, yeah, yeah, of course i really believe he can be a medalist if not a gold medalist at the olympics he has got the drive and the determination and the work ethic and the talent to do that so you may not have heard of him before but it will not be the last you hear of dan dixon that's for sure okay then so that just about brings us to the end of this week's show there's some discount codes and deals here for you at precisionfuelandhydration.com use the code oa23 for 15 percent off your first electrolyte order If you're looking for triathlon coaching or endurance coaching of any sort for the coming season, you can go and visit teamoxygenetic.com. I believe we've got the most comprehensive endurance sports coaching program for busy age groupers and we've got the nicest age group triathletes in the world as part of our community. I'm not just saying that, they are such a great bunch of people to hang out with and get advice from and just generally talk about the sports you're passionate about. If you're a triathlete, a runner, a duathlete, an ultra runner, aqua biker, marathon runner, sportif, gravel rider, whatever it is, we've got athletes in the team who are doing similar events and who are super, super passionate about it as well. So, Book a call with me to see if you'd be a good fit for joining the team and let's see how we can best help you achieve your endurance event goals for 2023. So remember, there's links in the show notes so you don't have to remember everything. Until next week, have a great, safe training and racing week. I'm Coach Rob Wilby, and you've been listening to the Oxygen Addict Podcast. See ya!